Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. I want to start out today, though, before I get to some slides I made for you. Um, I just felt like the Holy Spirit just dropped this into my heart, and He wanted us to start. Have you ever been fishing? Anybody ever been fishing? Anybody ever been deep sea fishing? Yeah. Like one time we we went on a fishing trip and we drove six hours out into the middle of the ocean. And then we fished for six hours while everybody threw up. And then we drove back. And so if you've ever been on a boat with a bunch of sick people, it's no good. But that's not what I want to talk about today. I'm going to talk about bait. And... You know, on those fishing trips, they're seasoned people to do what? To catch fish, right? And it's cool because we're called to catch. And because that we're called to catch, then that I always know the enemy has a counterfeit For what we're called to do. Do you believe you're called to catch? What? Because God loves more than. That was a song. God loves. So I was thinking today that um, Satan has bait. I'm going to give us some tools of spiritual warfare today. And one of them. Are y'all good? Is everybody good in here? So one of them is that the number one bait that Satan uses is offense. It's, think of it as a sign. It's a road sign. And I propose to you that the only way it can be bait for you is if there's something in your heart that you've missed the signs along the way. And so think about what it would be like to be unoffendable. Has anybody ever been offended in here? Just a couple people? Have you, has anyone been offended this week? What does offense feel like? Feels like a wall, feels like you're right. What else y'all got? A hook. It's cloudy, stuck, blinding. Can you see? That's blinding. Can you see? <laughs> Can you see? Can you see? That's bait. And sometimes I think whenever we take the bait, then the enemy catches something within us. Have you ever lived in a fence for a long time? And then, have you ever, it's usually a person, isn't it? And isn't it cool how the Bible says we don't war against flesh and blood? That's his first thing in Spiritual Warfare 101. But yet, where does the offense come from? So you can see that it's just bait. And so then when we hang on to it, what do we miss? Think about a little fish in the sea and the right bait, and he's coming along, and he snaps up that bait, and what is he? 
He's caught. He's caught. And see, that's Satan's goal in offense. Are you with me? Let's just take a minute, shall we, and just let's just tell him, say, Lou, we found you out today. You're just using that as bait. You're just baiting me. So I just say no to that today. Just say, I release off my heart that person. Can you, can you just secretly name them if you got one? Just release that person right now for they were just the bait. They didn't even know it. That's a weird thing about people you're all offended at. I know this might sound scary to you, but I like to say something and find out later it offended you. Because I know you're just in line. Because it wasn't my intention. Because I know you're right in line for a little breakthrough right there. Because that was all the Holy Spirit. Right? Right? Agreed? So just say, I release that person right now from owing me anything because they were just bait. And so, Papa, I need you to give me truth over that situation, over that hurt, in Jesus' name. So I just trust that if you will partner with him, and for those of you in here who have a mentor, then he will reveal that to you. Is that good? All right. I have some fun little slides for you today. Let's review. I got slide five there, V. Um, Remember what I said a few weeks ago. The best spiritual warfare is understanding my personal identity. So your number one identity is what? You're, You're a son or daughter of who? Some random dude, right? The creator of the universe selected you picked you and you were chosen to be here at this time and you were picked from heaven slid down your little tube to earth for this season so say over your life i'm here for such a time as this if you're breathing you haven't missed it are you breathing okay you haven't missed it you're just blind to it if you don't know what it is so you haven't missed it this is your time in your first step And to understanding that you actually were put here on earth not to just take up air, not to just breathe the free air he gave you, but to actually do an assignment. Will you just change your mind to that right now? Have me believe that. You're here for an assignment. And there is an enemy to your assignment. It's not God. And so let me give you another big key that God never uses condemnation to correct us. That's always the enemy. Some of us stay caught up in condemnation for forever. And God never is using it. And we try to get God to fix all that. Have you noticed? Have you done that? The next thing that I want us to start out with today is this question. Ready? If you were the enemy of you, who's that? There's just one. Lucifer was his name in heaven. We like to call him Lou around here, right? Why did he lose his spot? Because he got jealous of you. He got jealous of your relationship with God. 
right? And he said, I'm going to get up there to that high place. And then people are going to give me that same kind of worship, right? And God said, you can't have any other gods before me because I'm the only God, right? So here he lives with us on earth. Cool, huh? And God thought it was cool that he would put... See, listen, God, the creator, thought it was cool that he would put him down here on earth with us. That tells me more about me than it does about Satan. Does that, is that what it speaks to you about? Or is it, are you, you're, you're, you're chicken butt today, I can tell. You're scared. So if, the, if, if, if you were him, if you were Lou, you'd been to heaven you had, God had made you with every, I know all y'all are thinking right now, if, if God had made me that way, I would never have done that. That's what I think about me. But then I have to get real low, right? I have to stay in a place of humility, right? Because all the good in me is him, right? So what would he use on you just to keep you busy? I mean, really, just to keep you busy, right? He doesn't have to even do a lot for some of us, right? Just to keep us busy, what? Keep us defeated. Is anybody feeling, just think for a minute. Let's just close our eyes for a minute. Is anybody feeling defeated in the room right now? That's Lou. He knows what to use. Have, have you been, think about the last time you felt defeated. Was it yesterday, Friday? That was Lou. That was not God. That was Lou. Okay, open your eyes. See, that moment is a strategy. And see, my job is to tell you that he has a strategy. See, my awareness that he has a strategy against me from the word's perspective is enough. I'm already equipped by the word of God to handle that strategy. But if that strategy knocks me off my high horse, then he'll just keep using that strategy because something is in my mind that he works with. That's why you have to know the thing he uses on me is not the thing he uses on you. Right? Are y'all with me? Are you sure? Okay. So let me tell you a couple ways that the enemy does this, and I can read you a bunch of scripture, but let's just talk from these slides for a minute. The, it, the weapons of the enemy are, number one, accusation. Now, let's go over to Ephesians 6. It's a really great place. Because this the title of this section, guess what it is? Spiritual warfare. <laughs> Ephesians 6, verse 10. Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing through you. That sounds pretty powerful to me. There wasn't any words in there about, you know, and you're just a wimp. You can't do it. You're small. Everything the enemy throws at you, nothing. He says, put on God's complete set of armor provided for us that, so that you'll be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. That's his number one weapon. 
So what did God see fit to do? Give you armor, protective gear to use specifically against this one strategy, accusation. How does accusation work? All right, there's a good way. A charger claim that someone has done something illegal or wrong. How many will admit that you think you might do it wrong a lot? That's the enemy's strategy right there. It's clear, isn't it? Plain as day, right? It's plain as day. This is the strategy of the enemy. This is not God. And so... I love this. Verse 12 says, your hand-to-hand combat. (laughs) So that means that we're going at it right here on earth. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings. How many thought that it was people? Do you remember Joyce Meyer? She used to say, well, God, if it's not Dave, who is it? God said, it's you, Joyce. I love Joyce Meyer. Do you remember her saying that? And so, people are not who we're fighting with. Have you fought with anybody this week? They're not. They're not. They're, that's bait again. Just in, in, just inviting you in. Wish you girls would tell your story, but a couple of my girls had a had a hand to hand combat <laughs> this week. And see, in that moment, I was telling telling Judy, in that moment, for me, watching them, it's just a human video. It's a drama. It's a play of their childhood injuries right there in front of me. The words they're saying, right? And so that helps me know, if you're observant, when you fight... When you're in conflict, when you're frustrated, when you're scared, when you're whatever, just name all those emotions, you display a drama, you display a human video of what it was like for you to be a kid. How many have got that, nobody understands me? How many got that, I'm dismissed, nobody wants to hear me, nobody celebrates me, I'm the only giver in the world. I I actually heard that one. You see all those things we're saying, right, are ways that we're combating the accuser. It's simple. It's simple. And guess what? People can't fix that for you. That's your hand-to-hand combat. Right? Let's keep going. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities. Now, why would God do that? Why didn't he let us start on this kind of wimpy level? Why didn't it say, <laughs> with the lowest possible, impy, wimpy demon ever is your hand-to-hand combat? No, the highest principalities and highest authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms, the highest. That's that third of the angels that went with Lou. That's who it is. The highest. 
that that should tell you something about God's plan and about how he sees humans. I propose if we struggle in spiritual combat, it's because we don't know who we are. It's because we're fighting a wrong battle. We're trying to make something that we claim is a need be fixed by some sort of warfare, and it just doesn't work that way. Are you with me? It says, for they're a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. That's what they're doing right there. Are you in darkness? How do you know? If you haven't accepted Jesus, you're in darkness. That's the only qualification. I accepted Jesus, and he became what? Lord. He became the high. Do you see the... The level here. He became above this highest. So therefore, if he lives in me, then he has the authority over them. So what do I have? See, you have to learn to make them your footstool. He already did that. And so you fight from this place of power. See, this would make it so easy because his yoke is easy. I want you to have so much fun in spiritual warfare. It's fun. Because you already have won. Okay, have you ever played a game of any kind? Have you ever played a game and wanted to win? Did you win or lose? Have you ever played a game and you lost? What if I told you you already won? What would, how would you play the game? Reckless abandon. I mean, you just throw up shots from half basketball. Throw up shots from half court. Right? Reckless abandon, you'd just be like, this is fun. Wouldn't it be fun? Have have anybody ever played anything competitive? That's no fun, right? Because what's the goal? you got to win. Guess what? We already won. When I get that principle, that is a law of God. God already won the victory. I am not fighting for victory. I'm fighting from victory. I'm fighting to take back the territory that was somebody in a previous generation to me let the enemy have. And here I am, and I decide whether I'm going to take it back or not. Are you going to take the territory? The promised land is what it's called. There's giants in the promised land that you have authority over. He didn't say, I'm going to give you a promised land with nothing to do. Go find your hammock. Swing, swing, swing low. (laughs) He said, go and possess the land and take back what the enemy's stolen. I'll be with you. We'll destroy the giants. And then you'll leave a legacy for whoever's coming. Think about the legacy that was left to you. I know most of y'all's stories in here. The legacy that was left to you was all kinds of stuff. Abuse and sickness and anger and disappointment and no unity. That's why God loves unity so much. Keep going. Because of this, you must wear all. You can wear a couple of select pieces on the day when the tiny little imp come by, but on the days that the highest principalities and authorities ruling in rebellion under the heavenly realm, you better get it all on. Don't you love it? It's like, it's all or nothing, baby. It's all or nothing. You must wear all the armor that God 
provides. You don't even provide it. That's what's weird about it is that God's like, man, I gave you an inheritance. I gave you salvation. I gave you resurrection power. I gave you the Holy Spirit. Filled, You're filled with tongues that even the demons can't understand. I mean, right? And now I gave you all this armor. I mean, what else does he need to give us? It, it, can't we be honest? We're underutilizing the stuff. If I make you more aware of the goods, of the heavenly goods, would you use them more? Would you say, these are the goods needed for this thing I'm doing called life? Or would you just lay on the side and play on your phone? No, really, I mean, that was the word from Wednesday. It really was. That he's saying, I've given you this power and authority, and you aren't even using it as well as the, de- as the enemy uses it. Because why? Are you tired, busy, just hope it doesn't happen? Just hope nothing bad happens? Hope you're prepared if it does happen? I'm trying to prepare you in advance. So you must wear all the armor so you're protected as you confront the slanderer. Oh, let's see, which one? The one making false and damaging statements about you. That's what the armor's for. As you confront, you confront. Say, I'm, com- I'm a confronter. Chickens. What if that demon uses a person? Since we don't fight with flesh and blood, there's a confusing thing for you right there. What if someone partnered with the enemy to destroy you? What you going to do with that scenario? I'm not giving you the answers to all these questions. I'm asking you some questions because you're kings. You're going to search out a minute. I know this answer. You're going to you're going to you're going to encounter this. You're going to be a good person. D- just your intentions are so good. You're just good, 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 good. You're just good. You're just goody, 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 goody. Good, good, good. Everything you did is good, 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 good. And somebody is going to say, you're no good. Good, 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 good. And somebody. What are you going to do about that? See, do you have the ability, the education, the understanding, the spiritual fortitude to say, I'm not fighting that person? Because if you don't know that, you're going to have to try to fix it. And you just engaged in a war that you cannot win. Get on Facebook. Get on Instagram. Gather up some troops. Get on my side. There's a war you cannot win.
It says, are we still going? As you confront the slanderer, for you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. If you don't believe that, you're going to fight a bunch of wars you can't win. And then you're going to say this spiritual warfare thing don't work. Then you're going to say this armor thing don't work. Then you're going to say this God thing don't work. Then before you know it, you're so... Because you just fought it with the wrong way. Wrong weapons. You use the wrong stuff on the wrong people, doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. And then you say God's stuff doesn't work. Listen, if you could just do this. If God said it and it's not working for you, you're not doing it right. Just go back to the drawing board and say, oh, I mean, you said it. You said that this stuff works. You said I got this. Or you said, you said, and he'll go, well, here's what you're doing. But we just try one time. Come here, let me pray for you. Okay, you didn't get healed. I guess I'm not a healer. I'm not called to that. I'm not led to that. So let's talk a little bit about what you got on, okay? What you wearing? Let's jump down to 12. Are you dressed for this war? That's really the question, right? Because guess what? You're having a war. <laughs> Don't you love that about God? Can you, do you, are you happy yet? About that God put you on the planet with a bunch of highest rulers and principalities that are against him? How many, really, and be honest, you don't have to raise your hands, but in your heart of hearts, you're like Pam, like me. You're just glad this is the plan. You can see beyond your personal comfort and needs, beyond your smallness, to say, I was meant to do something really powerful. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you, your legacy, wouldn't you want on your little tombstone for it to say, oh my gosh, she roared like a lion and she took it to the devil? Or would you want to say, well, she tried real hard, but she's real small and she just kept getting defeated over and over and over. So she finally just gave up and just laid low till she died. I don't know which one you want. Which one today are you going to say, that's me, or that's me? I'm small, or I'm a mighty lion. I may not be great at it, but I'm going to keep roaring and roaring. Which one are you going to say? So if you're going to be a mighty lion and you're going to roar around, because remember, that's what he's doing. Mighty lion. It's all smoke and mirrors. He has lost all of his power. I kind of think of Lou as like, kind of like a homeless guy, and he's still got all those instruments, but they're really tarnished. And they're kind of, they're barely hanging on, like, you know, with some stringy thread, and they're just kind of bing, bing, bing. That's how I see him. He tries to pick one up every now and then, and it's lost that little thing on the horn you need to make it blow, so he just has to try to make one. He ain't got no more reeds or anything, so there's the sounds coming out all yanky and wanky. 
Or do you see Lou as this powerful demon God that can just take you down anytime, make you sick, make you worried, make you fearful? It just depends on how you want to look at this life. Let's just go over. These are just five things. They're not hard. The first one is truth, and you have to put it on like a belt. What does a belt do? Hold your pants up. Why you need your pants hanging up so you won't look like a fool with your pants hanging down. That's why. Right? That's personal integrity and moral courage. That's truth. What else is truth? The word. If you don't know the word, you're not going to fight this fight good. Five little things, y'all. Five little things. Five little pieces of armor that defeats slander and accusation. You're confronting slander. Think for a minute, what's the last thing someone slandered you about? Has anyone ever had any slander in here? Do you even know what that word is? Is that too old of a word for y'all? What is slander? Have you had any? Can you think of a time? How'd that feel? Because you were being good, remember? You're being good. Have you ever been accused of something you did and it was bad? Well, that's not slander. <laughs> that's just truth. You know what we, you know we want to do? We want to do something bad, right? And we want people to say it was good. I'm not talking about that right now. I'm talking when you're good, when you're being good. Have you been good? And someone said you were bad. Has anyone had that happen? That's slander. How'd that make you feel? Powerful? Man, you want to fix it, don't you? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? You want to defend. You want to defend who? You. Because you are on your mind. Let's think about Jesus. Was he good? He was the goodest. Ain't nobody gooder than Jesus. You talk about somebody who can say, I'm good, 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 good. Only him. And what do they say about Jesus? What do they say about Jesus? All he was saying was, I'm a son, I'm God. And they were like, whoa. See, when you become aware of who you are, you're going to start saying, not guessing, not hoping, not wishing. You're going to just be like, I'm a daughter. And I'm an apostle. I don't really care how you feel about it. You don't care anymore. Why? I've been slandered longer than y'all have been on the planet. People have been saying stuff about me longer than some of y'all have been born. It's not fatal. Why do I have to confront it? I have to make it not true to me. Until you can do that, it'll be your ceiling. You'll get up every day and you'll hit your head on it. And you'll wonder why you can't operate in the power that God said because you keep hitting your head on the lowest point of the lowest person who probably had no idea who you were, who they were, who God was, who nothing was. Blind, deaf, and dumb, and we're believing them over him.
The second piece of armor out of these huge, enormous five pieces is the breastplate of rightness. Righteousness is rightness. Do you know in this heart of yours, this one thing that you can control, do you know it's upright or no? Is it really good? Because see, when God made man, he said, yeah, there'd be some stinky ones along the way. Every other one, every one, stinky, good, stinky, good. What did he say? When God made mankind, what did he say? You're weak. It is very good. You, you're a human, right? Are you a human? You are the one with all this authority. You are the one that's very good. That's what you have to know in here. If the enemy comes in and says, well, you're just really got a black heart. And you don't know. You're going to fight another war you can't win. Are you really spending time trying to prove to the enemy that you're good? When he says, hey, I know what you did back in 1932. <laughs> hey. I know what you did in your past, and I know it wasn't good. You know what I say? Everybody's in. Shooty had this dream the other day, and in the dream, there were basically, she was getting a viewpoint of all these things that somebody had done wrong, and there were stains all over the ceiling. And the angel came and said, all you got to do is take a little blood, throw it up on the ceiling. And when he did, she did, I don't know, was it a girl angel? You don't know. Anyway, an angel. No, it's irrelevant. All the stains were gone. Sprinkled. You just need a sprinkling of the blood. But see, when I've accepted him, I've been immersed in it. As far as the east is from the west, so have your sins been removed from you. To the one that matters. Can you find somebody? Can you find somebody from your past that remembers? Sure, they sure have. They sure can. All have sinned. I've done wrong. You've done wrong. I've done horrible things. You've done horrible things. If we focus, if we get our focus on them, we get smaller and smaller and smaller because they're down there in the dirt somewhere. You've got to confront the slanderer. Or I live underneath that ceiling as if you're the only one unforgivable. You're the only one that did a bunch of stuff. I mean, I could preach a whole sermon on that. I'm not going to, but it's just lack of faith to God's sin. So we don't want to measure it by a bunch of activities we did. We just want to stop. What does repent mean? Just this right here. I'm going this way. And I think this way, and it's stupid. That's all sin is. It separated me from the very thing I wanted. I needed connection. I needed love. I wanted someone to love me. I wanted someone to know me. I wanted someone to accept me, and that was Jesus. 
So I just changed my mind that I'm already wanted, accepted. What else do you need? Nothing. And then everything I do on this planet should be out of that place. This is who I am. This is who he said I am. I'm not going to believe somebody that has hooked up with Lou to tell me some other message. I have on rightness, not because of your good works. See, your righteousness isn't earned. It's a gift that came with salvation. It's a package deal. That's why salvation is so amazing. That's why it's a plan of God. That's why it baffles everything that's logical. Why would a free gift make me feel redeemed? Because it cost. Because God so loved. He so loved. He so loved. He so loved. We say today, he so loved the world that he gave the one thing that would satisfy for him because he's the guy. He's the one that needs satisfying, not me. And so my rightness is because of what I chose, not because of what I do, not because of any works I could ever do. And see, if I do all my works out of rightness, I can't earn it. I can't gain it. I'm already it. Number three in our huge five-piece ensemble. <laughs> the shield of faith in the, in the Bible, in the Passion, it says it's the wrap-around, water-drenched leather armor. It's not just a little tiny shield here. It said that in those days, they would put all this leather around them, a big shield, hide behind it. I've seen some movies that have done this. Because when it was water-drenched and the fiery darts of the enemy hit it, they couldn't catch them on fire. That's faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's faith. Faith is something hoped for that I don't have evidence of yet. But I have a promise. I had a promise of prophetic worship before Shooty was born. She's 32. Before she was born, I saw prophetic worship before she was born. That's faith. Tried it over here? No. Tried it over there? No. Tried with that person? No. That's faith. What do you have faith for? See, if all my faith revolves around just getting my own needs met and not advancing the kingdom, I'll be this tall. I'll be a mile wide and an inch tall. Because I've tried it here, tried it there, tried that relationship, tried that, that church, that leader, that person, that job, that, that all. Just, uh, I've been everywhere, been everywhere, tried everything. It's really long, really wide. But I didn't stick with anything long enough to do have any perseverance. That didn't feel good in me. They didn't honor me. They didn't put made, made me the boss. I'm gonna go do me another job. I didn't like that church. Pastor didn't say hi to me. Somebody else got a present and I didn't. 
They told me to empty the trash. It wasn't my week. <laughs> See, in the kingdom, my assignment is to advance. Advance, advance, advance. You should feel yucky not advancing. If you're in the same place you were a year ago, which I'm sorry, some of y'all in here are, that should have a feeling. It should be, I didn't surrender there, 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 there. Someone said it there. Someone said it there. Someone said it there. Someone said it there. I rejected, 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 rejected. Guess what? God is so patient. He puts a little pressure on. And then a little... Oh, a little extra, that pressure's still there. And a little extra pressure. Ah. Oh. And then a little extra, stuff's not working out. Not getting my connections, not getting my needs met. On and on and on. Then, see, we're not operating in any faith because faith is something not even seen. I just have a belief it should happen. It should we should do prophetic worship. We should give Papa a chance to sing over us. We should have a response to that. We shouldn't just find four verses to read from a book and call it worship. Let's just call it what it was. It's just a bunch of songs we sang. That's not worship. Worship costs you something. It's a poured out offering or don't call it worship. Call it a song service. Number four, helmet. What does a helmet do? Listen, this is a great way to think of it. The power of the knowledge of salvation. Salvation is not meant to save you from the hot place. If that's what you think salvation was, you have missed it entirely. Salvation sticks you into Jesus. I'm in Jesus now. You're not your own. You're not your own. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're not your own. You've been bought with a price, the price of a man's life. The knowledge of that kind of salvation is what goes around my mind because he's trying to renew it. He's trying to change my mind from old, worldly, antiquated ways to his way. That's the helmet. Now, can you possibly see why you need these five pieces to do war with the enemy? And guess what? I know it's hard for us to understand sometimes, but accepting Jesus didn't create the war for you. Before Jesus, you were unified with the devil. And even though you thought you were good, 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 you were not good. You were not good. You were in sin. You were separated from God. And so you entered into this covenant, which is the greatest privilege of your life, to wage war with the enemy, to take back the territory that generation after generation after generation that came before you didn't do. Now, my parents were Christians, and so they gained some territory in my life. 
But see, I'm not satisfied to just live off of their territory. I'm supposed to get their stuff, and I'm supposed to make some stuff too with the stuff that God gave me. That's my assignment on earth, is to keep displacing the enemy out of territory. And see, what happens when the enemy has territory? I'm sick. I'm lonely. Relationships don't work out. Jobs don't work out. I'm not prosperous. I'm good with food stamps. I'm good with poverty. I'm good to be an orphan. I keep using the same language an orphan would say. This is hard. Favorite orphan line. This is hard. Then Jesus, why did Jesus say it's easy? Liar, Jesus. It's the liar, Jesus. That scared you. But that's what you're saying. Listen, when he said my yoke is easy, then do it till it's easy. Figure out what you're doing wrong and tell him and make his word come true. Make the Bible become truth for you. The last thing it says in that scripture, verse uh, number 18b, is pray in the spirit. Oh, just when you feel like it. When things are going really good, start speaking in tongues, singing in tongues, la, 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 shout out to my kaisada, bye, All the time. If you haven't learned that yet, set some sort of reminder in your phone. I'm sure you got a little notification when your Facebook goes off and, oh, I see who's talking to me. When your text goes, oh, I see who's talking. Jesus is trying to talk. This is a month of immersion in Jesus, not in your phone, not in media, not in friendships, in Jesus. I propose if you would take this challenge, you would be different. When, when Easter arrives and Sidwell does her dance, you'll be different. There's a little pressure button there. Do you see me? <laughs> Real quick, let me tell you five specific times you can expect a spiritual attack. I got this from a book I'm reading, and um, the book is called The Invisible War. And so this is it. Five specific times you can expect a spiritual attack. Number one, when you're wanting some spiritual growth. That seems logical, doesn't it? Anybody wanting spiritual growth? Five times you can expect a spiritual attack. So you better have your armor on. He might come at night. Do you got that armor laying over there beside you? See, spiritual warfare should be the power behind this belief. This is what I'm made for. Listen, you got to go back and listen to my messages a few weeks ago. You war from a position of your identity. Remember, if you're bride-like, right? If you're bride-like, you war with worship. If you're battle-ready, you war with intercession. you got to know who you are. That doesn't mean none of the brides pray. It's just I'm talking about spiritual warfare right now. So the enemy wanted to scare you back into mediocrity and ineffectiveness. Rah! Right? 
So today I gave you a spiritual growth assignment. Can I tell you the weird part about it? Some people in here won't do it. It's the strangest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. When God says, hey, this is what is going on. This is what a corporate body's doing. This is what we're going to invest in. And some people won't do it. Isn't that weird? Just think about it right now. You heard it and you decided already whether you're going to do it or not. It's so weird, isn't it? How some people would just be wake up tomorrow and say, yeah. I mean, if you're that person, you need to put a little notification on your phone. Quit using your brain as a notepad. It clearly needs to be renewed. So when you want spiritual growth, it's because the enemy's trying to scare you, right? Number two, invading enemy territory. That's what we're doing when we go out on Friday nights. So Pam and them went to the hospital, and and, uh, she took two introverts with her, (laughs) which brings the greatest joy to my life because they realize, oh, my gosh, Pam makes everything easy. I mean, I think if I got them up here, they would be like, man, it was the best experience of our lives. Look, they're pointing at me back there. Why? Because Pam's not afraid of nothing. You go out and bliss the city with a scaredy cat, they'll end up making it about them. It'll be the strangest experience. You thought we were out to minister to people, and all of a sudden we're just in the rescuing mode. I'm just picking on y'all right now. But that's not, the, that's not what we're doing. And you can see it, right? Satan's desire is to magnify his harassment and obscure the blessings of being involved in fruitful ministry. If you're invading his territory, he wants to make you think it's not worth it. Number three, exposing the enemy. We are exposing him for who he really is and awareness of the enemy's tactics that keeps us from. That's what I'm trying to do right now. I'm trying to just tell you it's really simple. It's really easy. Spiritual warfare is the easiest thing you can ever do on the planet because God already equipped you with everything. The awareness I'm trying to make you is that the enemy is some wimpy, powerless, already been defeated, created being. You're a powerful, filled with the Spirit of God, been redeemed and been been given the same resurrection power as Jesus, walking around as God's favorite thing. Would he not do it again? Wouldn't he do it for you? But he doesn't want you to engage with spiritual warfare in a wrong way. And he that doesn't ever work. Number four, breaking ties with the world. We instinctively believe that righteousness and obedience make for a life of peace. Oh, y'all didn't get that, in, did you? You instinctively believe life's easy just because of Jesus. In other words, there's no war. It's the fighting of the war that's easy with Jesus. If I'm already scared of it, oh, if you could understand, it's not about screaming and yelling and being scared and trying to act really powerful. It's about what you know and hear. Part B of that is sometimes we forget that we are in a spiritual battle for our souls. That's, that's the battle. The battle is fierce and the implications are eternal. The enemy does not give up his strongholds in our lives easily or lightly. And to be ignorant of his schemes can prove disastrous. 
That's what makes spiritual warfare hard, is I don't have an educated understanding of his schemes. He only uses two things, accusation and slander. If you really trace everything back to any kind of battle, it's, it's, that's where our smallness lies. Try it. Try it. Try to look. At, if you really, really look your smallness in the face and trace it back to where it originated. The fifth thing, the final thing is blessings to come. Unexplained spiritual opposition can be an excellent indicator that God has something very special around the corner. Have you found that to be true yet? See, the cool thing about being me, I it's just so many cool things, I can't even explain it all, but <laughs> is that I see God working behind the scenes on people's behalf. And I love to not tell of it. And I love to watch, because usually right before that, there's some tough stuff. I watch people freak out and flail around. And I'm like, oh, man, if you only knew, you'd be like, glory be. Goodness is on the way right now. I can feel it. I think it's really important that we just really become aware of what the enemy's strategy is. You know, think about it. I'm, I'm wrapping up with this. If, if the enemy is so strategic because he used to be in heaven, he understands how God is, then wouldn't it make sense that we need to read the word to understand how God is more than how the enemy is? Wouldn't it? And did I forget the shoes of peace? Oh, Lynn's tell me I forgot the shoes of peace. Sorry. Okay, well, we better talk about the shoes of peace real quick. What number is that? Number Number 15. The shoes of peace. Sorry. Can I talk about it real quick? So she thought of it because I was saying about the word. Now, listen, Jesus is the prince of peace. And the King James says that, you know, your foot is shod with what? The preparation of the gospel of peace. So it's kind of like this, you know, it's kind of like to wear shoes you have to put them on. Now, I always have to have socks on if I'm going to wear shoes because I don't want, you know, my feet to be stinky. I mean, my shoes to be stinky. Not that my feet are stinky because they're not. They smell like flowers. But, and they're soft as a baby's butt. But just a precautionary measure that it's, it's a prep process because my, my socks have to be on a certain way. They can't have those worms on them, you know, those sock worms. Does anybody know? Anybody know what a sock worm is? Okay, just two people. Anyway, they can't be in the way. Cheryl's like, calf at Newgate. So they, they, she didn't wear socks. <laughs> she can't understand why. There's no prep here. Okay, toenails. You got to prep your toenails before you can be sockless, right? See, it's a, it's a prep process. And when I am preparing myself, it's with the word. The word is a light to my path. So I have to know the word so I, it'll light out ahead. And that's the preparedness. And that means I will have with me peace wherever I go. Shooty sang about it today. He's actually preparing the way and I'm supposed to step into those steps. And that's why it's so important that we exercise this freedom to read the Word. 
Not just read it, but study it. Right? Because why? It's preparing us for hand-to-hand combat. Let me finish it up with with the remaining part of that little scripture. In every battle... Put on, the tr- put on truth as a belt to strengthen you and stand in triumph. Put on holiness as a protective armor that covers your heart. Stand on your feet alert, and you'll always be ready to share the blessings of peace. In every battle, take faith as your wraparound shield for is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts and lies. And take the mighty razor-sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God pray passionately in the spirit as you constantly intercede in every form of prayer of all times pray the blessings of God upon his believers and pray also that God's revelation would be released through you every time you preach every time you witness every time you go out every time you do something the wonderful mystery of the hope-filled gospel That's what God is trying to do right now on the earth. He's trying to establish his authority through his believers. Do you believe me? And part of that authority is understanding that I have already won this war, right? Before I close, I just want us to take an opportunity right now to just ask the Holy Spirit. Just ask him just in your own heart right now. Just say, Holy Spirit, I want to accept this challenge of immersing myself in Jesus, and I also want to understand the enemy's scheme. So I'm asking, Holy Spirit, today that you would release upon each person the strategy of the enemy over their life so they can be aware of it, so they can uh, be alert to it, so they can actually plan in advance for ways to combat it in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.